Hey, it's Brian. I uh, just wanted to say, number one, thanks to everyone listening, everyone supporting. Truly appreciate you guys. Um, today, I'm actually going to be interviewing and having a conversation uh, with a friend, Dean Graciosi. Um, for some of you, you might have seen him on TV. Uh, he was one of the most recognizable uh, faces on TV. He uh, uh, talking about real estate and entrepreneurship, um, but uh, it's uh, it's going to be a great interview. Hopefully, you'll tune in, uh, Mr. Dean Graciosi. You know, I remember, uh, I guess, meeting you virtually on TV. Uh, you're on TV, I think, every single day for 16, 17 years, 19 years. I don't even know how many days consecutively you're on TV talking to entrepreneurs about how to. Uh, create a business in real estate, but I'd love for people to hear just a little bit of your background and uh, a little bit of your story of where you started. Yeah, you got it, Brian. First off, congratulations on all the hard work and the results and the impact you're making in the world. I got all your products sitting in my kitchen right now, figuring out which one and when I'm going to take them. So, you know, and I, we have mutual friends that uh, love what you do. Our dear, our mutual friend, Russell, and so many great people. So, uh, and Dave Lundgren. So congratulations on all the impact you're making and the people you're helping become, you know, financially independent or doing their own thing. Um, So, you know, here's the thing. I I love... sharing my story only for one reason. So I'm going to make it short just so when, if you're listening or watching right now, you understand I I get where you're at probably more than you probably realize. And I I understand there's a, there's a million podcasts and a million videos you could be listening to or watching to. So if you're going to spend time with us right now, I want to deliver the things that'll move the needle in your life. So I'll just say that first off, I understand this time we are in history is unprecedented. If you feel uncertain, if you feel uneasy, you're unsure, congratulations for being human. This is unique. I've been, I've been through, um, sorry about that. I've been through four down markets. I've been through 9-11 in business for all of them. And this is unique and challenging, um, but it also creates an amazing opportunity for people. So we'll talk about that today with small shifts in not only your mindset, but being an investigative reporter and listening and feeling and focus, those things can get you ahead when this is over because this too shall end, right? What we're going through in the world right now, whether it's three months, six months, or a year, it'll end. And listening to a podcast like this, gaining the right capabilities now, aligning yourself with the right people, the right team can allow you not to be left behind when the world goes back right? But your main question was my story. And I guess before I get to the story, I want to tell you, no matter where you are as an entrepreneur, just starting, just just like having the inkling that I have to do something on my own, that what the world has shifted and you don't want to rely on someone else, or you're already started and it's time to scale it up, or you're doing well and it's time to go to another level. I promise I've been there. I've been broke and desperate and not knowing where to turn, hoping I could get my first sale. Felt like uh, I was an imposter, that I'd never really get there. Had people tell me I was a dreamer, people from the outside thinking you're crazy for trying, friends thinking you're a fool. And you still have this right, this desire, Brian, you wouldn't be successful if you didn't have it. You wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't have that, like just something calling you for more. So I know what that feels like, and I know what it feels like to be left behind and it not working. But then 
get my first sale. I know what it's like to get to a hundred grand a year, a hundred grand a month, a hundred grand a week, a hundred grand a day, a hundred grand before lunch, right? I've been through all of those and failed miserably in between have had massive success. So the only reason I say that is because I, I could tell you my story started cutting firewood in high school, started fixing wrecked cars right out of high school, got in my first apartment, no money down apartment complex at like 19 years old, uh, worked my way up. I, I can tell you all those great entrepreneurial, that great entrepreneurial journey. I just want you to know, I understand your heart. I understand what fear is like, but I also know what it's like when I see people that are 60, 70, 90 years old, they look back and they, they played life safe. They didn't go after their dreams and it's massive regret. And uh, I, I just don't like that, seeing that in anyone. And I'm an advocate to push you. I'm an advocate to get you uncomfortable. I'm an advocate to push you to be courageous, to go forward even when you're afraid, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. Courage is doing it anyway, doing it when you're uncomfortable. So uh, I've been through every phase and on the opposite side of broke and losing, I've also become a multiple New York Times bestseller. Um, I've been blessed to start 13 companies. I've had more success than I ever imagined possible. And now there's a unique way to be successful in this shift. So Brian, I'm open to share whatever we can to light people up, get them to believe in themselves and uh, push a little harder to go forward. No, I, I love that. And I, you know, I think the thing that resonates with so many people, so many people see the end result, right? They'll see Dean now, but that what they don't see is the trials and the tribulations. Yeah. And kind of like you said, um, you know, I, I, I'm going through a new phase in my life. Uh, my father just passed a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I'm sorry. And um, he was, you know, I was very blessed and privileged to have someone to pour into me, like give me a foundation uh, I used to always say, my dad said, be positive and confident in all you do, you know, and, and at a young age, you don't realize that that's the exception, not the rule. Um, and when you were just talking about um, having, you know, the courage to uh, go for it, to, um, you know, to dare, he, he, uh, he wrote me a little card. I was going back through his old stuff. And one of the things that he said is you're always going to regret in life the things that uh, you didn't do way more than the things that you did. And the point that I'm making by that is, you know, um, I reflect back on some of the guidance I got from my dad, right, is he was kind of my hero and he poured into me. And I know that everyone is different. Um, I'm a big believer that you become who you hang around most. And yeah. today there's so many people you can hang around. It doesn't have to be physical presence. It could be a podcast like this. But I'd love for you to kind of rewind and just kind of share some of the initial stages, the initial steps that influenced you, you know, okay. to help give you the courage or help align you to, to go for it? Yeah, great, great question, Brian. And here's the thing, I want everybody to hear this loud and clear. You've heard you are the direct result of the five people you hang around. You know, who you surround yourself with decides your future. You've heard it a million times and people say, yeah, I've heard it. But hearing it and living it is two different things. Maybe with Brian and I today, you can hear it for the first time again, like you're hearing it for the first time, and actually see the impact it has on your life. You know, and so many times you're like, oh, that's a little thing. Oh, focusing on solutions, that's a little thing. Hanging around with negative people, that's a little thing. Uh, you know, focusing on results, observing my thoughts, um, you know, being optimistic, trying to find gratitude. Ah, that's the little things. Let me just tell you, being 51 and being an entrepreneur my entire life since I was 15 years old cutting firewood in high school, I used to think that the little things were just little. And now I realize the little things are everything. Your, who you hang around is so important because it'll be the difference on what you focus on. Let, let me just ask you a silly question. 
Um, not you, everybody at home, Brian. <laughs> have you ever been, I, I mean, look at, look at your obsession with health and getting people to the optimal health, fitness and health. And Have you ever been deciding to eat a certain way? And this is going to resonate. And you go out to friends with your, you out to dinner with your buddies and say you wanted, you know, your, um, you know, obviously if you follow your diet, whatever diet you are, say you decide to go vegan or you want to, you know, whatever diet is, is popular at the time. And you're with your buddies and like, oh, don't be a baby. Just order a burger. Or if you're eating just meat, like, oh, just, come on, eat a damn salad. Like people always have an opinion. And how many times have you gone, all right, I'll just order what you guys are doing. Or you want to go to the gym and someone says, oh, stop being so obsessive with your fitness. Come on, let's have a break. Let's just go chill out. Let's go have some cocktails. And you make a decision and you go do that. It's the same way in business, right? If you have friends that are well-served and they like you and they love you and they care about you, but they're not ready to step out. They're not ready to be courageous. They're not ready to be uncomfortable taking on new challenges in life. When you decide that I want to start my own business, I, I want to I push, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I want to make an impact on the world. If you're around people that are uncomfortable with that, they will say the things to bring you back down without even realizing it. And what happens is you end up dimming your glow to match the radiance of the people around you. And how will that feel when you're 100 years old? Your father gave you such amazing advice. That's the time you look back and say, why didn't I go after it? And so many times it's because of the influences around you. It's your broke friend telling you how to get wealthy, your single friend telling you how to fix your relationship, right? Bad advice is the most costly advice in the world. I just had a conversation about this, Brian, and I said, sometimes you can't get rid of the person. It might be a mom, a dad, a cousin, a, a, a spouse. But I think there's three things you have to do. One, there are people that you need to just eliminate. And, and you know, Brian, you've probably seen it. As you get more successful, unfortunately, your circle gets smaller. Not on purpose. It's just if you turn the heat up of your glow so high, some people will be attracted to it and want more of it. And other people won't be able to handle it and they'll fade away. They might come back and circle back around a little later on, but just don't dim your glow to match someone else. God gave you a unique ability and he wants you to turn up the gas as loud as you possibly can. Turn up the brightness. And if you make it so bright, you bright a path for other people. Look how many people's lives you get to affect, Brian, right? That's one is who probably needs to go. And you don't have to ask them to go. Just be the best version of yourself and I promise you they'll leave. Secondly, there's a group of people you can't throw away. They're part of your life. That's where you have to become Teflon. You have to figure a way to not let their words, like a, a pan where the, the, the egg slides right off, you got to let the, the, whatever they say slide right off because they're not qualified to make you feel a certain way. Because remember, it's cumulative. If they tell you enough, you might go, oh, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And one day when you're having a bad day and they say that one thing, it's a tipping point and you go, oh, maybe I should just go back to my job. Oh, maybe I should just settle. Oh, maybe I'm not that smart. Yeah, maybe I do feel like an imposter, so maybe I should just, no, it's all BS. They don't build statues of critics. They build statues of the crazy ones, the dreamers, the ones that go after it, the fools. That's who becomes the people that build statues. And the third thing is obsessively add the right people, group, podcast, videos to your circle. The ones that when you're done listening, you go, God damn it, I am good. I am enough. I got what it takes. I'm going for this. I don't care what anybody thinks, right? There's, in life, there's battery chargers and battery drainers. 
Decide what drains your battery that when you're done, you're like, oh, or if you get a, a text or a phone call, you go, oh, should I answer this now? Oh, that, if that's in your life, that's got to go. You want to make it when you see a phone call or you see an email, you go, oh, I got to check this out. I'm going to be fired up. So decide who's got to go. Decide who you need to be Teflon with and decide who you need more of in your life to let you get to your full potential. Yeah. I, I, um, something that always resonates with me. I don't know where I heard it. Heard it years and years ago. Love your family, love love your friends, but choose your peer group. Choose who you spend the most time. Oh, yeah, with. that's great. That's that was a great way to simplify what I just said. But I love it. Yeah, no, but it's it's so true. And um, <laughs> I read a book. Um, this was four or five years ago, and I, I had kind of a mastermind in Maui, Hawaii. But I don't know if you've ever uh, read the book Multipliers. I have. We were talking about the good book, the battery. Yeah, it's you know people that multiply what you want to be and who you are in your glow. And, you know, you want to get away from the ones that diminish it. And I, uh, I think it's so true. I, I, you know, one of the things that um, I know is, is huge with you um, is, is, is fitness is getting in and, you know, good. I know it's been a passion of yours for years yep. um, from what I understand is, is, uh, but, you know, maybe kind of take everyone through how important you think it is to feel good about yourself or what some of your rituals might be, of getting into a, a, a positive state. Yeah, I think it's everything. I, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take two minutes here and give you my morning routine just to tell you how important this is. Listen, life is, I learned this from a guy named David Kekage. He was in a wheelchair. He was hit by a car, paralyzed from the neck down, and he had these Kekage credos. And, and, and if I digress too much, Brian, reel me back in. But one of his credos was living the hard way is easy, and living the easy way is hard. And I don't think I would have understood that in my 20s. But listen, not going to the gym, not eating healthy, not taking care of your body, now it's kind of easy. I mean, ordering pizza uh, from Uber Eats or Burger King or McDonald's and sitting on the couch and doing nothing, that's kind of easy right now. But it's kind of hard when you're 55 or 60 and you have diabetes and you're overweight and your grandchildren's young and you can't go outside and run with your grandchildren. That's really hard right? It's really easy to skip the gym now and not create a routine for health. It's really hard when you're 75 and you break a hip like I watched my grandmother do when she was older because she never exercised. My dad is 84 years old. I bet you my dad could outrun my 11-year-old son. He, t- he chose the harder way. My dad's, I've never seen some, my dad's an anomaly because he chose the harder way when he was younger. He chose to eat better. He chose to work out. And now, I mean, he, he, he went back to his like 50th year class, no, more than 50, like 60, almost, like he's 84. It was probably like his 75th, 65th class reunion. There's a picture, like everybody looked a hundred and my dad looked like he was 50. I was like, oh my God, I'm not bragging about my dad. I'm saying he chose a harder path back then and now he's living easier. It's, of course, it's the same thing with business and your career and the, the being an entrepreneur. Is it easy to have the nerve to stay away from the norm, to not follow what everybody else does, to not do what the masses does, decide to do your own thing, figure out marketing, guy, you know, go against what everybody's telling you you're crazy? Is that hard? Yes. Your parents and family and friends and wife and sp- people might think you're nuts. Your intuition's going to tell you it's not going to work. You're going to Google and find stuff to tell you it's not going to work. All the crap's going to come at you. And it's hard to overcome that. It's hard to just to go after it and maybe have to put 20-hour days in for a couple months straight. But is it easier when you're older and I get to make the decisions? I have my older kids 
have to, I'm going to get to the ritual and my, my health in a moment here, Brian, but I think it's important that I put in the hard work. I hustled when I was young. I said no to some things that my buddy's like, ah, you're working too hard. You're dreaming, bro. Let's just go do this and party. I still had a good time in my teens, but I did the harder work then. And now I'm, I help all my friends. I, I support both my parents. I take care of so many people because I put the hard work in then. So if you believe that life's not hard, no matter what you do, we're all crazy. But what if hard wasn't hard? What if hard was challenging? What if hard stretched your mind? It made you navigate new territory. And like David Kekage said, you worked harder now so you could have it easier then, whether that's your health, your, your fitness, your income, your relationships. Hey, listen, having a great relationship, I have to be honest, I went through a divorce years ago and it sucked for my kids. I, I never thought that would happen. But the truth is I didn't put in the work. I'm in a relationship now. I, I, we have a new six-week-old baby in the other room. I'm in the relationship of my life because I'm putting in the work. I did counseling. I read books. I interviewed couples that were 50, in a relationship 30, 40, 50 years, and I long, learned how to be a better human being, not just look for the perfect woman, but how, did I become a, how do I become a better man? I put in the hard work for months and months and months, and when it was time, I attracted my other half. I mean, I'm in love like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. We're heading towards four years. We fall more in love every day. It didn't, and people are like, oh, you're so lucky you found a great woman. It's like, no, no. I put in the hard work because I slacked last time. I'm putting the hard work so I can have an easy relationship. So with health, let me just tell you how important to me that is. How do you, like, what is success, right? If I can't go out and, and feel healthy and alive and energetic and authentic and play with my kids and, and run with my son and play baseball, what does anything matter? So for me, I'm really diligent in the mornings. And I'll tell you how I, I do health mentally, physically, and get prepared for work is I look at life. And, and again, there's a lot. I, I know I've been all over the place here, but I hope this is landing. Um, there's a lot that can throw us off to where we play defense especially um, if you're starting a business, want to transition, start over, scale. I, I, it's easy to have something throw us off and play defense all day, like I said, and you can't win a game by playing defense. You can't get wealthy by saving money. You have to play offense. You have to create new income. You have to, create, you have to break down new barriers, right? So how do you get in an offensive, confident mode? For me, it's really simple. When I wake up, I don't look at this first. If I do, it's like Russian roulette. Half the texts are good. The other half Amen. could throw me in a, in a spiral. Like, oh, I can't believe that deal didn't go through. Why'd they do this? Why didn't that get done? What happened to the marketing? Why does that packaging look different? That's not the color I picked. Any of those things throw me in defense and it kind of throws off my whole day. So if I do this right, which is about six days out of week, one day a week, I screwed up. I'd be a liar if I didn't say that. Um, but six days a week, I don't look at my phone. I think of one thing I'm grateful for more of low-hanging fruit, just to be alive. The sheets feel good. My wife's next to me. My kids are healthy. Just to put myself in that mindset. I think of one win the day before. I think of a win I want to accomplish that day. And then I immediately go up and I have a little routine, do a green drink, I do my morning drinks, and then I go exercise. By 5.30, I'm either walking, running, doing weights. And I just, I made that a part of my life. Zero compromise. Like, and it's just shifted everything. When I went... I mean, I know I can outlast kids half my age. I, I, we have a mountain right next to me, Camelback Mountain, everybody climbs. 
my staff of 80 people, all, I think I'm, I have one person in the entire company as old as me. Everybody's in the, most people are in their twenties. There's not one of them that beat me up Camelback Mountain yet. Not one. And they all challenged me. One was 17, one was 24, one was a runner and none of them beaten me because it's just part of my life and it's part of who I am. And I think when we anchor that in and know that success without health means nothing, that old Indian proverb, right? It's uh, a man with his health has a thousand wishes and a man without his health has but one. And I just think, I think there's, I don't think, I know that all of it, you know, when you adjust the right habits, when you create, when you know what your priorities are, you could fit it all in. And uh, that balance is, is where the true success lies. No, that's awesome. I, it's so funny when you said Russian roulette. I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm working that muscle. I'm flexing it. I'm, I'm probably about three days a week. I get caught up in the Russian roulette and probably three days a week. I don't. And then one day a week, it's just flip a coin, but it is so true. Like as soon as you pick up that phone, you're gone. I mean, if that's the first thing that you do. And uh, I love the fact that you're, you talk about the simplicity of just one win. And I think so many people create so much noise and overwhelm. You already have enough noise. If you can just focus on one thing to accomplish each day and keep progressing that. Um, I love that. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep working on that muscle because I can tell you, uh, I have a friend that told me that I should literally put my phone in my closet and, and don't touch it till, you know, uh, you, after your morning routine or your mor- morning ritual. So Yeah, and I, I, I've, been, I've been focused on this for about a half a decade, maybe even a decade now, and I still mess it up sometimes. I've, and if I go to the gym and finally I look at one thing, I could find myself sitting on the bench and an hour and a half later, I'm like, oh, damn, I got to get out of here and did nothing. So yeah. I, I got to, it's like something you got to work on. But here's what I know when I was talking about offense or defense, if you could put yourself in that confident state, like I woke up, I focused that I was so blessed to be laying next to my wife. So blessed that my little six-week-old son's in the other room. And then I think, oh, man, yesterday when that one problem was, I accomplished that. Or I, I connected with my son or I, like something good. And then what do I want to win today? Uh, today, I want, I'm doing four podcasts. I want to rock everyone. I want to deliver massive value. I want to close that one deal, okay? And then I go in the other room and I pound a couple drinks that I feel are making my soul inside or my body healthy. And then I go move. Like, just think, by 6.30 in the morning, I've fought some gratitude. I've given myself a virtual pat on the back. I've, I've created um, uh, an outcome for the day. I drank something or ate something healthy, and I moved and got my blood flowing. Now it's like, all right, give me the damn phone. Now when they say the deal didn't happen, I'm like, I got that compared to, oh, I got this, you know? And I've had both. I do both, right? So um, setting up little routines like that is just, uh, it's, it's huge. Awesome. Well, I know that, um, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of podcasts and there, there's so much great content out there now. Um, but I think one of the things that's super important is that uh, a lot of times people hear of all the success stories. Um, you mentioned earlier, a good friend, a mutual friend of ours, Russell Brunson. I don't know if you know this or not, but um, I started a company and listed Russell as well as a company called Ripplin. Um, we put 1.9 million people into, we grew faster than Instagram, Facebook, in like 45 days, right? Wow. And uh, we should have had $20, $30 million before we started it, but we tried to do it on a shoestring. But both of us, uh, the next project that we did came up, I, I hate even using the word failure because I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, and ClickFunnels wouldn't be where ClickFunnels is today without kind of that experience that both him and I went through. And one of the things that I'd love for people to hear is because one of the things that kept resonating with me is um, it's so easy to get stuck. And there's so many people that think that they're stuck, which you know, if you say that you're stuck, you are, right? I mean, right. there's no such thing as stuck. I mean, someone that's 
at the bottom of the ocean with an anchor on them, they might be stuck. But um, one of the things a morning ritual will do will will create movement, will create motion. Yeah. But what are some things that um, maybe a specific example of something that you've had to overcome to become, you know, or something that might have looked like a, a failure in your business journey, but it was really just a stepping stone. Because I know right now that Dean at the Graciosi at the age of 51 is a monster compared to the one at 20, right? Because yeah. of the wisdom and the experiences, not because of the successes, but because of what you've had to endure yeah. to go through. And I'd much love for people that are listening to kind of get perspective on that. Yeah, really, really great question, Brian. So here's the thing. Um, I heard this once and now I, I, it's just part of my DNA is if we want bigger results, if we want bigger success, we need to uh, attack and solve bigger problems. It's as simple as that, right? If you, slow, if you solve low-level problems, you get low-level income. You get low-level results. Solve bigger problems, get bigger results, get bigger checks. And, and it takes muscle to get up to solve those problems. And the other thing I want you to really understand, and this is being an entrepreneur for over 30 years, is your next level of life lives on the other side of the thing you fear the most or the thing that you're afraid to tackle or the thing you avoid. So how do you go after things when there's the chance of failure? There's a chance of things going wrong. And I believe this. I could give you a million. So could you, Brian. I could give a million examples of when I was, you know, in desperation, lost it all, stayed up all night, sick to my stomach. I blew it. I'm never recovering from this. It isn't going to work. I mean, that whole entrepreneurial journey you see online is true story. I got this. We got it all figured out. Oh my God, it's not going to work out. I should have never have done this. Oh wait, I think we're okay. Yeah, we got it. Oh, and you're back up. It's like the roller coaster, right? But here's, I think this is the best way to really look at it. What if, and this is a, my partner and friend Tony Robbins line, but I'm going to tell you my thoughts behind it is what if life happened for us, not to us, right? What if all of it, I mean, really just think about it. Like, take a moment. I know some of you have been through some really tough times. People let you down. Partner screwed you over. The money didn't come through. The advertising didn't work. You missed this one thing. The employees let you down. You know, your spouse doesn't support you, whatever it is. But what if that was all designed for you specifically? And I, I love this word. I don't know where I heard it, but I've been using it for a decade. What if we all had to pay success tax? What if all of that happened for us so it could weed out the people that weren't worthy of their next level, the ones that were ready to give up right away? They were supposed to go back and do the nine to five, even though they were happy, unhappy with it. And the people that learn from those mistakes and get up and keep going forward are the ones destined for their full potential, destined for greatness. And I look at it as success tax. Imagine if there was an auditor and going, okay, Brian, let's see, Brian, he, he wants it, man. I could tell that guy's hungry for next level. Oh man, he started this company. It was going really good. They were really, they were high five and they were excited, but this happened and they lost everything. Whoa. But Brian got back up three days later and he's fixing that problem. He's sad about it, but he's learning from it, man. And he's He's being innovative to try again. Let's see what happens on the next one. What if we had to pay that success tax, but more than not paying it like it's the mob making you do something, more if, what if God or whatever you believe in knew that you had to do those failures or there was no way you could have sustainable success? Now, I'm going to give you a personal example. I hardly ever share this, but when I was 12, 11 years old, I moved in with my dad and my dad was the youngest of 12. And he was physically abused his whole childhood. When he was second grade, his dad knocked his teeth out. He barely made, he missed second grade because he was so scared. He was busting pencils uh, and the teacher sent him home because he was so afraid of his dad. 
So fast forward, becomes my dad, never physically hits me, but was really brutal emotionally because he never, never did his work, right? He never did the work and he was really rough. My sister moved out when she was 16. Still, they don't talk, right? So when I was 12 years old, I moved in with my dad and my dad was the greatest dad ever. He would take me fishing and hunting. At 14 years old, he threw me the keys of the car and said, take yourself to school. You know how to drive. I'd park next to my teachers in ninth grade. And they'd be like, you don't have a license? Like that was the cool, awesome dad. And he was also the dad that would lose his mind and make me so sick that at 13, I had a bleeding ulcer and used to puke up blood. And I was afraid that he was going to hurt people. And he'd He'd, he'd, not, he'd break everything in our house and break every dish in the house and go out and kick the car and bust windows out of a car and fist fight with people. So I had this crazy, like why, you know, you could say why a 12 year old has a bleeding ulcer and has to deal with that, right? But that was part of my journey. God gave me that, the universe, the success auditor, because let me tell you something. It only took me about a year or two, Brian, where I could feel my dad's emotions and I could tell when my dad was going down a really dark, bad place. And if he went down a dark, bad place, man, my life got dark and bad. And I learned through compassion, through empathy, through feeling him, I could turn my dad and get him in that loving state. And we'd be out, I got goosebumps. We'd be out fishing rather than me at the police station because my dad got in a fist fight and got arrested and I had to wait for him all night. Like I knew how to steer him. So was that, why am I saying that? That was a really brutal time. But now, Brian, I could stand up in front of an audience of 15,000 people and I truly believe I feel what they need. I could, I've gone to 15,000 person events and I went there with one presentation in mind and I could feel what they need. I'd throw it away and say, don't use slides. And I'd do an hour and a half presentation and be the only one with a standing ovation, people crying, cheering. That's all because I learned to read my dad. That happened exactly for me. Now, but here's the sad part. Some people go through that and go, poor me. I can't believe that happened. And they get stuck. And I don't mean they're victims. I'm not trying to be mean, but they can have a a, a mindset of, I would have been successful if that didn't happen. If I have to blame my dad for the crap he put me through, I got to also blame him that he gave me the gift of being massively intuitive where I can do a launch with Tony. We did the largest launch in internet history. We had 400,000 people watching us live and I felt like I knew what each one of them needed. Maybe I'm kind of BSing myself a little, but I truly believe I feel it because of that. And I could give you 200 examples. My first business lost everything. Partner stole. I had an accountant rob all my money, got a gambling addiction at 44. How does someone start a gambling addiction at 44? Started burning through my money, lost it, took more of it to think he could double down and get it back and pay it, ended up losing all of it. 9-11 happened. I needed to go into my cash reserves. They were gone. Like, how could that happen for me? Nobody would be so cruel. Yes, it was. It taught me a valuable lesson. I became resourceful because I was lacking resources. And what if, what if you didn't know it, but there was a specific number on how many, on how many things had to go wrong in your life before they went right? What if it was 13 for Brian, 18 for Dean, seven for Russell Brunson? You know how many people are giving up when they're on number six? Maybe number 12 is enough, I'm done, I'm gonna go back to this job. But it was only one more before Brian created Prove It and took life and abundance and impacted people all around the world, right? So when you look at that, I could give you specific stories. I just wanna tell you, I'm sorry for anything you went through and probably didn't deserve it. But what if it was meant for you and it was actually the wind behind your sail, not the anchor, if you just shifted it and realized it was a gift? That shift is so, so important and I know that um, for everyone listening in, 
uh, they might want to know like right now, because we're talking a lot about business. I hear you talking a little bit about perspective and, and what you're doing now. And I know that, um, you know, early in your career, you're focused on real estate, mm-hmm. um, you know, but right now today, I know that you've worked with a lot of amazing people, um, you know, but I'd love to hear just a little bit of your passions right now. Like what, what is, what is it that's inspiring you? What are some of the projects or partnerships that you're working on? Um, you know, and if someone's wanting yeah. to c- connect with you and tune into what you're doing, how can they do that? Sure. A couple things. Uh, one, self-education has been my whole life, right? Probably the same with you, Brian. School didn't work for me. Not that anything's wrong with going to school, but I learned the most by learning from other people who've already been there. In fact, Tony Robbins was one of my first. I bought his stuff off an infomercial 25 years ago um, and it course corrected and shifted my life. So I got into the self-education industry and now I'm a massive advocate of it because it saved my life. And I partnered with Tony Robbins and we created training and a blueprint. It's called KBB and teaching people how to extract what they know, a hobby, a passion, an expertise, a skill. The, the knowledge industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. We all know, you probably have the same experience, Brian, learning from a mentor, learning from someone who's already done it is the fastest way to the end result. Right? If I'm getting into sales, I could go to school for sales, sales training. I could get on the phone or get in front of people for years and figure it out. Or I could spend a weekend with someone who's already been in sales for five years and they can give me, I could start off where they left off, right? I mean, how much would it be worth to go back and spend a day with your 20-year-old self, right? So Tony and I teamed up and, wanted to, and we created the blueprint to teach people how to extract what they know, identify people who need it, share that knowledge make an impact on their life and create, a, create abundance for themselves. And it's, it's become a movement. And it, it's something we've been excited about. We've been friends for about a decade. We've been excited about it. And when we released it to the world, it, it ended up being the largest online training, the largest launch. And now it's pure fire and it's occupying probably 75% of my time. And I love it because it, it's, we get to train the trainers, right? And it's teaching people how to market, especially in today's shifting world. How do you market through authenticity? How do you get people to say yes and feel good about it. And they feel good that they made a smart buying decision. How do you, how do you exponentially grow and scale using social media instead of it using you? So we, we've done some really cool things and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's become a darn movement. We're in 150 countries and 4,500 different niches. It's, it's going awesome. That's awesome. So how could someone um, tune in or how could they check it out? Yeah, you know, there's, there's a great two-hour training, especially in a shifting time like today. And those apps, can be used in anything that you're, I mean, even working with you, Brian, if you're working with Brian, like the training that's in here will grow not only your confidence, but your ability to impact people. Imagine persuading and knowing that you're changing people's lives for the better. Uh, All of those things. I mean, I can't share it all, but Tony and I have 60 years combined in this industry and uh, we really geeked out and obsessed and condensed our decades into days. So you could go to deanstraining.com, deanstraining.com, and register for the two-hour training with Tony and I. In fact, Russell's on there at the end as well. Um, and it'll really open your eyes to uh, what could be possible. Yeah, and I think, you know, and I think everything's shifting too. I always talk about this is um, a book I got a hold of 12, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that, uh, was Blue Ocean Strategy. And, you know, it talks about if you want to be successful, there's all these companies or all these people um, and they're, they're, they're creating muddy waters or they're bloody waters, right? Because they're using the same tactics and uh, they're creating competition within themselves, which results in price gouging or whatever it might be. And I've always said that 
Uh, right now, I think through this shift that everyone's going through, we have to look at even sales differently. You know, we, do. we focus a lot on, you know, what is the most value? Like educational marketing, I think, is here to stay. If you can educate people or bring value to them that they don't already have, you don't ever have to sell them. They sell themselves. Absolutely. And I know that you guys are masters at that. So um, I can't wait for people to tune into it and check it out for sure. So last, last but not least, uh, in closing, what's one piece of advice you'd give any entrepreneur on here um, who's just getting started? Watch your thoughts because your thoughts will derail you before anything else. When the thoughts pop in that this isn't the right time because the world has shifted. In fact, this is the greatest time to get ahead because so many people will be sitting on their hands waiting for someone else to fix it, waiting for a government stimulus, waiting for the things to open back up, waiting for the world to shift. This is a time where you have time on your hands. You have the ability to gain knowledge. Don't let your thoughts derail you. When insecurities pop in, know that that's a learned uh, habit of yours. I, I know that might sound crazy, but man, I wish someone would have told me in my 20s that the biggest thing you have to overcome is the thoughts that lie to you, that say you're not good enough. This isn't the right time. It's the wrong marketing. It's the wrong economy. It's the wrong president. It's the wrong company. If you're listening to Brian, you're in a good place. Gain the capabilities and focus on your personal growth as much as you need to. If every time you listen to Brian or listen to somebody like Tony or Brendan Burchard or myself, or you listen to somebody, you go, I can do this, then do more of that right? We were talking about this before. If you want to get in good shape, you got to go to the gym all the time, not over a weekend and expect it to last forever. If you want to keep your thoughts aligned on where you could go and actually taking advantage of what's in front of you, not regret or feeling insecure, you got to work on that every day. So the advice I'd give is watch your thoughts when they're telling you you can't find a way to spin them and, and get, to the, get to the inner hero telling you that you can. They, they say uh, thoughts become things, right? You yeah, become they what do, you right? think about most. I looked at my wife and said, it's a wonder I'm not you. No, I'm yeah, but, that's awesome. That's a good no, compliment gotta, right there. Be careful with that. Um, and I know that you have a, uh, uh, you're a co-founder of the Centurion Mastermind Group. Um, kind of share with everybody a little bit about the mission behind uh, that charity. Yeah, there, there's a couple different charities that, that I'm really, uh, uh, really excited about right now. Um, that's uh, the Centurion Mastermind Group is something that was a charity that we donated tons of money, made lots of impact. Right now in this last year, um, we donate every week to Feeding America. We're about 6 million meals in with Feeding America, maybe seven. Um, but just, just in We're the last- We're going to actually start a program with them. We're going to do ketones for humankind. Oh, that's and awesome. Every, every ketone um, that is sold, we're going to feed a child. Oh, that's really awesome. And, um, and then uh, just two months ago, uh, actually at Tony's birthday, um, I really, I understood and you, uh, you get this uh, Operation Underground Railroad. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize the amount of slavery. I, I had no clue. Um, and I was at Tony's birthday and he didn't want a birthday. So we celebrated Tony while simultaneously raising money for Operation Underground. I, my wife and I went and we just felt so blessed where, where we're at and didn't realize that so many young kids were suffering. So uh, I ended up donating half a... I donated a half a million dollars. Yeah, I saw night. you on stage. I, I, uh, I ended up going with Russell. I picked oh, Russell did you? up and we, we, we were, uh, we did a host donation. Yeah. I got in the moment. Russell. I'm like, I got, and now I'm obsessed with that. I want to donate even more money and help other people get aware. You know, it's, it's one of those things when you're aware of something, you can't look away. And, yeah. and, and listen, I don't say that I donated a half a million dollars to brag at a, when I was a kid, if I thought that I would be able to someday even save up my whole life to save up a half a million, I would have told somebody they were a liar. But I want to tell you when people say money doesn't make you happy to me, they haven't 
made enough or given enough away. I have to tell you, the night that I was able to cut a half a million dollar check and I knew how many kids that equated that wouldn't be uh, stolen by terrorists or being molested at 12 years old, it makes me want to be a harder, stronger, better entrepreneur so I can give away more next year and impact more people's lives. I mean, money is, uh, money is simply just a magnifying glass on who you are. And if you are, are a person that wants to care and give back, then I think you're ethically obligated to be an entrepreneur, to, to go after it, go, lean into your full potential. And then when you want, if you want, give it all away. Because if you have the ability to make it, then make it because you're not taking it from other people. Make it and then share it. I have to tell you, I, I didn't know you were there, Brian, but that was, it, it, it filled my heart. I went home with the biggest smile on my face ever. Um, and I just want to do more. Yeah, it, it's an incredible cause. But uh, I appreciate you jumping on, man. We'll, um, I'll make sure that we get plenty of information out uh, on how people can find you. And then, um, yeah, I think that's man, awesome. I appreciate you, Brian. Keep up the good work.